Hi, I'm Casey. And I'm Andrea. And you're listening to our podcast, That's Not What Andrea Told Me. We're two sisters separated by age and geography, but united in our love of talking to each other. Thanks for listening. Are you ready, Dad? We're ready. Okay, we're ready. All right, everybody, welcome to episode six of That's Not What Andrea Told Me. This is our second installment in our three on the three series. And today we are welcoming our dad, Keith. Hi, dad. Hi. We're so glad you're here. It's good to be here. So for those of you who don't know our dad, our mom and dad shared custody and We had talked a little bit in our episode with mom about what a hell demon I was. I feel like time at dad's was always a pretty good free for all. So I don't remember being a demon to you, dad. Do you remember me being a demon? No, because I was the dad that always says yes. (laughs) It avoids all kinds of fights. And that's that's why that's why we got along. And for those of you who don't know our dad, he is a true jack of all trades. You need a car fixed, go to him. You need someone to build a house for you, he's your man. Do you want to go fishing or skiing? He is the right one. If Does your boat break while you're out fishing or skiing? Don't worry, he can fix it. So our dad does like to label things nonsensically. And he waited for years for someone to noticed that he had written wire nerds on his wire nuts. And so I was able to provide that. So dad, we have prepared some questions that we wanted to know the answers to. We may change some of them up, but we've got some good ones for you. Yeah. And so I think since we're talking about the fact that dad can literally do anything while he can do all of those things, he never taught us how to do them. Mm -hmm. And so while we can easily hand him any tool or wire nerd that he needs, we cannot fix things ourselves. (laughs) And so that's a bummer. But I think a good first question sort of segueing off of that is at what age did you know that you could tinker with and or fix anything that anybody put in front of you? I was pretty young, like I would say six or seven when I started disassembling everything. Now, probably I would be eight or nine before I could actually put it back together because I always had to find out how things worked. And generally that meant destroying or destructive testing, as Papa would say. (laughs) That's destructive Uh, testing. I've never heard that. That's funny. So you started taking crap apart, but you were not putting it back together. Didn't have the the skills, the motor skills, the the know-how to put it all back together until a little bit later on. But it's, I got it pretty quickly. And I just, you know, would find anything that somebody was throwing out and try to fix it just because back then you could, everything could be fixed. Now you can't fix anything. (laughs) Did this annoy Grammy and coach at all? Yes. I, th- I thoroughly think it did because my room was a mess and it generally was, you know, oil stains on the carpet and scratched up walls and, and you probably shouldn't crank up the weed eater in the closet, but that's okay. Dad, are you kidding? You did that? Um, just at one time. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that loud and I thought I'd get away with it, but you know, you do. What but you what was do. the purpose? I just fixed it and made sure it was going to run. Okay. Before I go out in the yard with, you know, like yeah. and stuff. So Were you fixing it, it like in secret? I have no idea. It's probably something I picked up. And okay, 
I love that. I, I did not but know I, that. I disassembled and put together several lawnmowers in the in the, my closet, but I didn't crank up any of those. So. How big was your closet? Uh, it that was, was kind of like my little workshop, and I had a little workbench in there and a couple, couple of power strips, and I would take apart anything. Casey, it was my closet in the At bracelet the, house. Oh, okay. Yeah, my room was dad's room, and your room was Kevin's room. Mm. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, those were not big closets. <laughs> it's big enough for a lot more than we do. When you build up, Casey, there's plenty of room. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what I always say. That's interesting. I think I, I do remember you talking about oil stains on the carpet, which Grammy Coach did something right because by the time yeah. we came around, there was nary an oil stain and, and paint. Too. And paint. I, mean, I think Dad had to replace the carpet. <laughs> no, they got it cleaned up. I don't know how they did back then. They had good ways to clean carpet too. Okay, you could fix toxic anything. Chemicals. Mm-hmm. Use your toxic chemicals on the carpet. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I did not realize how much of how much time you were spending in the closet as your workshop. That part I didn't realize Mm -hmm. because you guys had a giant garage and a giant like green room or not green room. Shoot. What the, the playroom, the, no, not the playroom. When, when you walked out the greenhouse. Yes. The greenhouse. Remember, was that there when you were a kid? uh, Not when I was young. Okay. It came later. Okay. Yeah, I just feel like that the Braisewood house had a ton of space for you it to did, tinker that wasn't your closet. This way I could tinker in the night with anybody knowing. I didn't make a bunch of noise. Hey, were you a night owl back then? Uh, never have been a night owl. Okay. So you weren't like Casey? Nope. But Coach was a bit of a tinkerer also, right? Oh, yeah. See, Coach came by pretty honest. His dad wouldn't let him touch tools because he told him, you're not going to work on tools. You're not going to use your hands. You're going to use your brain. You're the first one in the family to go to college. That's what you're doing. So he wasn't allowed, even though Milton was a great mechanic. He knew a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from him. I learned how to, how to cuss without really making anybody mad. Uh, <laughs> I learned a lot. What Can you give us an example of that? Yes. Uh, an example, when he'd get really mad, he would call whatever he's working on that confounded thing. And you can say that without making anybody mad. That's not a curse word. He used to make Coach so mad, he would yell at him, just say, just cuss already. (laughs) I don't know what your memory is, though, Casey, but in my memory, when Dad would get mad at something he was working on, he would, in fact, not call the thing a confounded thing. No, no, I didn't. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Dad already knows that I'm pretty sure I learned 96%, if not more, of my cuss words from him, primarily in the car. Yeah. I'm going to deny all of that, but it's probably true. (laughs) It's 100% true. Okay. 98%. But you know what's so fun now is dad is so pearl clutchy when you cuss. Yes, he is. (laughs) Yeah, it does alarm him. Okay. So in that same vein, dad, what is your favorite childhood memory from growing up? Well, my favorite childhood memories, I'd say more than one, were the summers I spent over at the Smiths. That's uh, Grammy's mom and dad. I would spend either a month or sometimes even two months over there, pretty much allowed to run free range. And uh, we just had a blast. We swam every day. We played with the kids down the street. It was a simpler time where we were just allowed to, to roam free and, yeah. and did never felt like we were in any danger. So 
y'all weren't as cute as us. You weren't about to get kidnapped. I was dang cute. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> I don't true. know what happened to me. Yeah. I, I was cute when I was little. So was it when you were at grandma and grandpa Smith's that you fell in the bayou and had to be rescued? Yes. When I was, uh, I think around two years old, a little over, a little over two years old. Tell that story. What happened? I guess I went down to the bayou on my own. And I fell in the bio and I was going down for the third time when a young college co-ed, who was my first kiss, by the way, rescued me, gave me mouth to mouth and all that and saved my life. You got a story in the newspaper. I got my picture in the paper. That was the first time. <laughs> what was the second? Well, I don't know. Well, he was in the, he was in the newspaper a lot. Before You're football. right. You're, that's cool. So do you think that any of your tinkering and messing with stuff like did you get to do that at grandma and grandpa smith oh absolutely okay he had a heck of a workshop with all kinds of stuff yeah and i was allowed to fix all the lawnmowers everything of course i broke most of myself but anyway (laughs) still i got to fix them and were the uncles around especially the ones that worked for smith paving yeah they were in and out and you know of course every day it seemed like every day probably wasn't two or three times a week all the domino players would come over so was, domino players? All the domino players. They would all sit around and play, play 42 for hours. Really? And drink coffee, yeah. I Did you know this? I didn't know this. With Grandma and Grandpa Smith or just Grandpa Just Smith? Grandpa and some people from the church who, who loved me, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait to see them eat also because they were had nothing but good to say about me. And, wow. Uh, I need that self-esteem buildup. So how many summers did you get to do that, do you think? Ooh, a lot. Okay. Um, I guess all until until I became too old for it and had yeah. to go off, go off to college. I guess I don't, really. Yeah, I spent a lot, a lot of time over there in high school too. Yeah, that's awesome. Not as much in high school because I had wheels and I could come and go as I please. Yeah, because some of the other cousins got to go over there too, right? Do you think that made you closer to some of those cousins, like sons' kids or any well, of those? I don't know if any of them are going to listen to this, but I don't want them to beat me up. <laughs> but they used to beat me up a lot. Yeah. So I guess if that's making you closer, yeah, you, you got real close. <laughs> Wasn't it son's daughters who yes, beat you up the most? Yes. <laughs> they were tomboys. And whew, they just loved to beat me up. I guess I beat up well. I don't know. Aww. You were such a big kid. I can't imagine. I wasn't. I was way. not all that big. I, until I was in eighth grade, I was not very big. I was pretty scrawny. Okay. I was thinking of the story you told me about when Kevin used to make you wear his socks to stretch out the <laughs> elastic before yeah. he would wear them. I don't remember that. I had giant feet, yeah. (laughs) The adventures of old Pudgefoot Senior over here. (laughs) Well, trademark. Nobody else can steal that book name. Yes, copyright patent pending. (laughs) That's another thing that we should maybe explain. Our dad says patent pending about anything that you say that's new and interesting. Yeah, (laughs) I want to be the first one to collect money off it. So while we're still talking about you being younger, we have a question that we asked mom. And so we're very interested in hearing from you. When you were younger, what was the path that you envisioned your life taking? Like, did you imagine having kids? How many kids? Like, what was the plan? Did you think you were going to play professional ball? Sort of what did you think when you were a kid that Uh, life was going to be? Professional ball came later to, to, to touch on that. But I envisioned my life pretty much turning out like it is, which is scary because why didn't I not dream a tiny bit bigger? But <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it, it almost exactly what I had always said. 
you'll probably remember me saying, if you can dream it, you can do it. And, and if that's what you think your life's going to be, that's what your life is going to be. So dream really, really big. All right. Well, so be more specific. Like, so you thought you'd always have two kids. You thought you'd have two oh, amazing well, daughters I, I, I with a podcast. No, I know. I wanted kids for sure. That, that was a gimme. Okay. Never thought it would happen. It happened. Fantastic. Always wanted grandkids. Never thought that was happened. Now that's happened. So it just happened. And then I just always envisioned myself working for a living, you know, and pretty much you squeak by when you do that. If you don't use your brain, use your, your back. But so now I'm pretty poor. So. <laughs> That's fine. But I'm happy. And so you said that the dreams of professional ball came later. So yeah, was that I, post I, high I was, school? Or? I had planned on doing that after college, but wasn't physically able to do it. Yeah. Had some back injuries and mm-hmm. a few other things. When did you first hurt your back? You were 17, weren't you? I was 17 years old. Doing what? Unloading some giant concrete things out of my truck and oh. loading them back up. I should have left them wherever they were. That sounds very... What's the Icarus or what? No, what's the guy? Pythagoras. No, Prometheus. Is that the guy who no. pushes the thing up the hill? No, or? Prometheus is fire. Yeah, geez, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that's the first time I hurt my back, and I didn't do anything about it. Didn't you know get any treatment or anything? I just limped around for a week or two, and <clears throat> might have could have done something then, and it just got worse from there. Mm. But I'm much better now. So you thought? Sisyphus. Thank Sisyphus. you. Yes, Sisyphus. That's it. Yeah. Do you know who we're talking about? It's the the myth where yes. he's pushing the thing up the hill and then it rolls back down yep. and he goes back and he pushes it back up. So when you said you were taking concrete blocks mm-hmm. out of your truck and putting them back in, that sounds very. I was thinking it was the poor man's workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so so at some point while you're playing ball at Tyler, you thought. My second year at Tyler, I had a bad episode. It never stopped me from playing. It just stopped me from any future football careers like professional or anything. Yeah. Hmm. I always thought I could do that for five or six years, make a bucket of money and retire. Oh man. Never happened. Casey, we could have been heiresses. Was it in college dad? I'm thinking about the, some of the newspaper articles we, we read. Was it in college that you, you were supposed to play in like the playoffs or something and you got pulled because of our, our first year, uh, my first year at Tyler, we went to the Garland Bowl, and I had hurt my knee in the last game of the season. So I, I did play in the Garland Bowl, but we lost the game because mm-hmm. everybody went out and partied so much the night before, not me. But anyway, <clears throat> I did play a little bit, but my knee was never was never uh, good enough. It's fine now, of course. <laughs> Again, <laughs> would we say it's fine? <laughs> Time heals all wounds. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to remember, were those newspaper clippings in the old photo album that we got from Ruvella stuff? I don't think they were in, I don't think so. Okay, I just, I don't think so. There was a big box of stuff we were going through, and that's where we found all of that. But I think that it was multiple things but maybe it was I don't know I can't remember yeah I have that album I told dad when they were fixing my roof it was in a closet and I guess all the hammering and banging it was on a shelf and it fell and it was already so fragile and so there's just stuff everywhere and this was the day before I left to come to Texas so there's still stuff everywhere so oh, no. I'll try to piece it back together best I can <laughs> but we also should probably digitize that Probably. 
So dad, we've been telling a lot of stories on you as we've gone on here. What is your favorite story from each of our childhoods? Well, we need a longer podcast to tell more than just a few, but I think as far as Andrea, when we first moved to Houston, just before she was paid off, she Andrea was about two and a half before I paid her off. We Cleta had gone to work, so we couldn't really afford a babysitter or a daycare. So Andrea went to work with me every day. And I loved it. I loved every bit of it. She knew all the tools. She knew exactly what to do. Never bothered me. You know, she wasn't a trouble. But that was it was so fun. And and what was great about it was you learned what your customers were like. If they would say something like, you should never bring a kid, you know, on a job like that. And then I would just, you know, politely excuse myself. I won't do it again. And I also won't work for you when, (laughs) when they would accept Andrea, who was just, you know, personable, just like she is now, they'd had another best friend. So it's true. I mean, I had a couple of really good friends. There was that job you were on in river Oaks and it was a long job, right? Mr. Wilson. Yeah. Yep. And I became the BFFs with, that daughter. Yep. I can't remember her name now. I, I don't either, but the Wilsons, if they're listening, thank you so much <laughs> for all you did. They were so good to me and, and Andrew too, but they just, they were just great people to work for. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, I can still pick out tools from a toolbox. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with them, but I can pick them out for sure. <laughs> cool. What about Casey? Casey, my favorite story about Casey. Well, I guess... <laughs> Every year they would have a, a neighborhood garage sale at Grammys and me and Casey would go around. Now I never had any money, but with Casey, you didn't need money. We would wind up with more stuff than we could possibly carry because, Oh, oh you, you like that little girl. And oh, how much stuff do you want? Little girl. <clears throat> We'd wind up with bags and bags. Of good yeah. Stuff. I always had so much crap. Uh, you know, I, I love that. I love the time we spent. Of course, I love digging through people's stuff anyway, seeing seeing what they're trying to sell and <laughs> what they're hoarding. You guys would ride your bikes to do that, wouldn't you? We would you? do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we'd have to go home occasionally and drop it off and go get another load. Yeah. What's but, something that was fun for you to do with both of us? Oh, I guess my favorite thing to do was go to Brenham when we went to Fluffy's place. And I, I don't know that all your listeners know about Fluffy, but they need to know about him. His name was Mike, actually, uh, Mike Dyer. And matter of fact, the first time I met Fluffy's mother, she kept talking about Mike. I knew who Mike was. <laughs> and, and finally, I asked, who is Mike? And she said, my son. Oh, Fluffy. <laughs> okay. Now we know. So we always knew him as Fluffy. Yeah. And he was very fluffy. The the to answer your question, the times we spent at Brenham were priceless. Oh, yeah. and we just had free run of the place. And mm-hmm. and we had cables to skid across and always had little various motorcycles or four wheelers or three wheelers or something to ride on and just good times. Of course, there's always a farm truck that we would try to not get stuck. Yeah. Unsuccessfully many times. I I learned how to drive out at Brenham. You too, Casey? Probably not. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I was. I also was thinking of the time I told you, yes, you can go anywhere you want to in my truck. Just don't get out on the county road. And there she goes down the county road, but no harm, no foul. She brought my truck back. Me? Yes, you. <laughs> who thought I didn't know about it. You know, I also, one time when we were... At Grammys, you fell asleep and my friend Katie Belcher was over. Do you remember this? Yes. I think I told you about this. Do you know this, Casey? Mm-mm. And so Katie lived across 
the cross street. I don't remember what that was, the major cross street and about six streets up. And it was late and I don't know, we were 14 or something. And so I fired up dad's truck and drove her home. (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. Yeah. It was, it was fun. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you, did you know at the time? Or did I just tell you later? You told me later. I did not know. I taught both my kids to drive early mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I took driver's ed with people who had never been behind the wheel. I was frightened. And it's not good for, you know, 14, 15-year-old child to be that frightened. <laughs> That's how I was too, though. Do you remember? I told you about that when I was in my driver's ed class and I had to do my driving time. Yep. It was terrible. You didn't have to do it, Case, because you did home driver's ed. Yeah, but what was so terrible? They just like, it's people who have literally never been behind the wheel of a car. And so it's just scary to them. You're you probably going to die. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why I didn't die, but maybe because that extra break on the other side, it's got to be what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason we didn't die. Yeah. It was just like people who didn't, they just didn't know just the very, very basics. And so everything was jerky and uncomfortable yes. and unnatural. And at least go to a parking lot. Yeah. And teach your child how to, what all the little controls were. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. By the time I got behind the wheel of a car for driver's ed, I at least knew what stuff did. So, yeah. And when we would come to the lake, Andrew and Casey would always drive from the Shell Station, which is probably two miles from here. Yeah. Always. That was mm-hmm. no traffic back then. And 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 the laws you know, would back me up on that. that the children <laughs> are allowed to drive. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm on positive. back roads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm positive. Yeah, I always remember for Brenham, it was when you turned onto the dirt road, but this was always paved in my memory. Am I wrong about that? Where we're talking about here at the lake? Well, when y'all started driving, it was. It was, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. And I agree that we should do the same thing with your kids, Casey. Let's get them comfortable. I mean, have you seen Leith drive his fire truck? He's yes, gonna be we're getting fine. the fire truck out on the highway and teach him how to use <laughs> hand right. signals and just go. We just got to make sure we're putting a turn signal usage in there. Because <laughs> at this point, he does not warn you if he's making mm-hmm. a right or a left. No. <laughs> oh, I must say at this point, Casey was the best driver when she was little, but she never looked where she was going. It never hit anything. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about pre-cars. I'm talking about when we had little four-wheelers and stuff, she never mm-hmm. looked where she was going. Oh, I guess well, she has Le- great so- peripheral. Leith comes by it honestly then, because, yeah, he's yes. always looking at something else. Exactly. <laughs> I don't remember this. Is it just because you were so excited about leaves and things? Who knows? Blades of grass? Okay. I had just insurmountable amount of energy, so I probably <laughs> just couldn't look forward for more than two to three seconds at a time. <laughs> yeah, that then tracks with leaf. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a good segue into our next question, which is, what is a trait of yours that you see in each of us? And it doesn't need to be the same trait for mm-hmm. each of us. Well, me and Casey are more, I don't know how I would put this. Like in temperament? Yes, alike in temperament. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know, we don't make friends as quickly as Andrea does. But Andrea, she keeps, she's playing down her ability to fix things and her ability to do things. She's very good at that. And she certainly got that from me. I, although, although I was going to mention earlier that she is a great teacher. My father was also a great teacher, but it skips every other generation. So uh-huh. I'm the, the skip one. I'm not a good teacher. And that's why I never taught anybody how to do anything because I can't. 
<laughs> you can, you just don't have the patience to yeah. do it. Well, I just don't need a bunch of people around <laughs> watching me work. It's true. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, <laughs> I would have at least $5. <laughs> and yeah, it is true. You know, we talked a little bit about the pandemic and you coming out of the pandemic, Casey, and being like, ugh, people. I do think you get your dislike of your fellow man from dad. Mm. Although I said something like this to dad at lunch the other day, Father's Day, actually. And he said, I'm not the person who always says people are the worst. Yes. Which is true. That's the coin of phrase. I heard it on this podcast, actually. (laughs) I say it at least every day. Yeah. Mm. And as it turns out. Oh, I have said it today. I think <laughs> so. it has to be said at least once a day <laughs> by someone in the Eckelman yeah. clan. <laughs> today was your day. <laughs> we didn't have to be around a whole lot of people today. I think we did a good job avoiding people. Yep. We did most things, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. No tobacco, no tobacco. Don't do tobacco, <laughs> young children. But uh, we did the firearm thing. But shoot them up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a fun day. Okay. Um, I like those, Dad. Those are good. Okay, well, then we just have one final question for you. What sage wisdom do you want to pass on to my kids? This is your well, chance. I will, to- I'm sorry. I will certainly come up with more as they grow. But for right now, I have to stick with my dream big, kids, because if you can dream it, you can do it. And how you envision your life turning out, that's how it's pretty much going to do. Because there's only two kinds of people. There's leaders and followers. <laughs> and if you're not the lead dog, this scenery pretty much doesn't change. <laughs> I knew but That's right. Yeah, exactly. But there will be more wisdom as they grow. And I would like to pass that along. But that's all I'm thinking for right now. Oh, but dad, what about the patriarchy? Oh, you got to smash that. That's We're definitely going to do that. <laughs> We're not putting up with that anymore. Yes. One by one, my dominoes are falling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love it. Those, those are good. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to see how these kiddos end up and their personalities. At least one of them is going to be like you two, I think. Yeah. Like hate the world. Well, I hope Thea turns out exactly like Casey. Absolutely. Casey's awesome. It's really hard to say right now because I would say I I see more of my personality in Leith right now, which is probably why Thea likes me more. (laughs) 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 Because I think she's more like Russell. She's just really calm and, you know, she just goes with the flow. She's easygoing. Yeah. And although it does seem like all signs seem to be pointing to Leith being incredibly extroverted, just in terms of the way he interacts mm-hmm. with strangers now. I mean, I know that could change. Was Casey like that as a kid? Did she want to talk to people at the table over? But she just, she could entertain herself and she didn't really need you people to come bother her when she was busy doing her stuff. She spent a lot of time doing her own thing where Andrew constantly had to be entertained, even from a young age, you know, oh, oh, pick me up, oh, pick me up, put me down, put me down, oh, pick me up, pick me up, put me down. And I just try to figure out some way that I could almost put you down, 
and almost pick you up, <laughs> but uh, sure. you weren't having any of it. Mm-hmm. Just dangle or near the floor. Yes. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Just dangle. <laughs> what does a girl got to do to get dangled around here? <laughs> See, meanwhile, I just asked to be picked up all the time. I think dad finally had to tell me when I was maybe six or seven, like Casey, I can't, like I can't pick you up anymore. And I was I'd a nugget of you a up. child, but. I stopped picking you up when you wouldn't let me cut your meat anymore. Huh. What a fun <laughs> measure. And I system. knew I would, I had waited too That's late to stop cutting when you asked me to cut it into triangles. Do you remember that? I did. I did it. But uh, I, figured, okay. I was just messing with you. I know you were. Because you reached that, over and just started cutting my food. And I was like, oh, all right, well, triangles, I, please. I knew that I had over overwhelmed my meat cutting and I need to let you do it. You're a grown up person. You can handle it on your own. Well, you stopped cutting it and then I stopped eating it. So, oh, okay. That's what jokes happened. on That's you. What <laughs> I'm also seeing a theme emerge that everyone just does things for Casey without even meaning to all the time. <laughs> but no, I was uh, always super shy. I would hide behind people, like when we met new people. When mom would go to the mall, I would hide in the clothes in the <laughs> middle of the rack. And I would just hang out in there until we were done. <laughs> oh my God, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I wasn't shy as much as I was socially awkward. Mm, same diff, really, right? Really? I don't know. I think it's totally different. Okay. I wouldn't know. I'm neither of those things. (laughs) I'm so modest and retiring. Mm -hmm. Well, Dad, we're glad you're our dad. I'm very glad to be y'all's dad. Y'all are certainly the best thing that I ever did. Thank you. We agree. (laughs) We do. We do. (laughs) When we look back at your life arc, we're like, great job. Well, a little bit. I always love you. Yep, love you too. All right. Love bye you, bye. Dad. Talk to you later. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.